When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again. In today's episode, we have none other than my man, Mr. Matthew Corbin. Matthew, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Hey, what's up, Dream Nation? Yeah, so it's a pleasure to have you on today. Um, I always love to start off these episodes by just asking, um, because here's what we know. We know that uh, entrepreneurs, in my opinion, entrepreneurs are just like superheroes. And the reason being is because they're constantly flying around the world, right? Now it's more virtually. You're doing podcasts and YouTubes and and, uh, virtual summits, but putting on a cape and trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. A lot of the times when you see people on social media, what we find is that these people look like superheroes. They look like they have it all going on. They look like, in your case, that Superman. But a lot of the times what we can't really identify is behind the scenes, right? When that cape's not on and the S on the chest is not showing, who is that Clark Kent? So I guess take a moment, take us back and tell us when it comes to Matthew Corbin, who is that Clark Kent? Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, just like you said, uh, usually I, I, I get this a lot and people always tell me, you're lucky you travel a lot, you have business, you do this, you do that. And I smile. I was like, I'm, I'm going like, yeah, sure. But like you said, uh, everyone has a story behind whatever he's doing. And I have a very intense story that got me here. Uh I don't know. How far do you want me to go? Um, well, tell us, I mean, what was your upbringing like? Like for you, uh, now you have businesses and obviously you empower other people. But as you were a young kid, were you being empowered all the time? So you knew this was in your blood or like, did you come from entrepreneurship? What did that look like for your background? No, not at all. No, no. I was uh, basically, I, I, uh, I was born in, in Beirut, Lebanon uh during the war so this sums up the first 12 or 13 years of my life which was in shelters and running for my life and you know kids are amazing because we found out some some games to play and my favorite game with my friends was guess, guessing the calibers of the cannon that were just shooting at us so we'd like that's 
that's one ten. No, it's ninety. It, this is like fifty miles away, and and we're like experts in this. So I grew up in in a, in a house where my my dad was always traveling. Uh, my mom was worried about my little sister and bigger brother more than me because she always thought I'm the tough one and the tough doesn't mean because I like always to 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 look like tough, you know, and this didn't always work well for me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this was the first uh, the, the the first thirteen years of my life, running just for my life and uh, hiding in shelters and bombs and stuff. Wow. Uh, I, I, I thought it was going to get easier. It didn't because I traveled. I went to boarding school. I The first couple of months I used to, to, to sleep crying because I wanted my parents and stuff. And after this, I loved the, the being independent. <laughs> so it, uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been running. I've been moving all my life. This is why I always like one of my theories move because you got to move. If you're not moving, you're standing still. Right. Uh, I knew that I'm a family man and I love my family. And I knew that before I got married and before I was an adult, even that I was going to have a family one day, but I didn't want my, my kids to, to suffer what I suffered. Uh, I mean, the first maybe eight or nine years of my life, I changed maybe 12 or 13 schools. Uh, we used to always run for our lives. Uh, we used to jump on boats uh, just to go from place to, to another place because of the of the war and everything. So I knew I wanted to give my kids stability, and this somehow determined what I want to do in life. But I did it wrong first because what I did is exactly what I shouldn't have done. What I did is I I studied a lot. And I start my career and I start working and I start working like crazy, like 20 hours a day, 18 hours a day, overnight sometimes. Uh, I used to go for month and month without seeing my family. Wow. And that was, that was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, this all changed maybe four or five years ago. And this is when, when, when the big thing happened four or five years ago. Um, I went to, to, to see my doctor for routine checkup and basically I had other reasons. So when I went there, I told my doctor to, uh, to change my knees because I, began, I, 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 I was too big because I wasn't healthy. I was eating everything. I was just working overnight and just having whatever, you know. And my doctor started laughing and he said, I can see you're not healthy enough and we need to run some tests and stuff. So anyways, he put me on the table, he started running tests. And after a while he said, we, we need to run more tests and keep you here and stuff. And I was like, this is typical with doctors. Once they see you and they see your insurance, they just want to take advantage of all of the whole thing. And I was like, fine. So anyways, I woke up after a couple of hours from, from, from this whole thing. I was exhausted and, and slept on, on the table. And I see my doctor just in front of me and he was laughing and smiling and giving me some, some positive vibes. Maybe I don't know. I was like, Hey man, how are you? Then he stretched his hand in front of my face. And it was like, I was like, what is he doing? Is he trying to high five me? I mean, okay, whatever. And he goes like, can you count my fingers? Okay, yeah, fine. Yes, I can count them. One, two, three, four, five. Can I go home now? I'm good. I'm not dizzy. I can walk. He said, no, these are five months you have to live. 
I'm like, what? He said, yeah, you have, you have big inflammation, internal organ inflammation, and it's, it's, it's really like your spleen is not working. Most of your organs are not working. And you know what, man? I, I know you have money. He knows me. And go enjoy your life. Spend your money and enjoy your life. You have five months to live. Just, just go on. And it, it hit me. It hit me hard because the moment he said this, this sentence, he was still talking, but I couldn't hear what he was saying. I was seeing him like in slow-mo, uh, just moving his lips and everything went black. And I started having flashbacks, just like movies, but it was real. And I started seeing my family and my kids and all of the what-ifs in my head, like why I'm here. I mean, what if I can't hold my kids anymore? What if I can't see my wife anymore? I mean, I, I even miss my pets. I miss everyone. And what, what, what have I done to myself working hard and, and without balance, without anything, just because I want to give everything to my kids. And it didn't occur to me that the everything isn't money. The everything is something else. It's, it's the balance. It's, it's the father figure. It's the man in the house. It's the husband. It's, it's, it's everything plus this. So anyways, uh, to make long story short, I refused this. I said, no, I'm going to fight. He said, okay. So what, what are my chances? 50, 50, blah, 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 all of these things. I was like, okay, we can do an operation. It's a 50, 50. You have to sign a waiver. And after a couple of months, uh, so hold on, hold on. Before we before we get into this, a couple of questions that I had. Uh, first off, were you yeah. in the U.S. at this time? No, no. Uh, my family w- is here in the U.S. in Ohio, where, where I am now. But I used to work in in Dubai and and the whole Middle East. So I used to fly. Basically, I used to fly like four or five times a week. So uh, I used to jump a lot between Dubai, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, uh, Bahrain, Beirut, all of these countries. And what and, were you? Uh, what were you doing when you say you were jumping a lot and you were flying between these countries? At the time, what was your profession? What were you doing there? Uh, I used to work as, as a consultant, okay. like man, management consultant. Uh, for a while, I worked for, for some, some governments in the Middle East. And uh, most of the time, it was the private sector and basically uh, American companies who want to, 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 to expand to the Middle East because... I speak the language and I know the culture and I can help them do this. And, uh, so, so I used to do this, but I used to overload myself. Like I, I never said no to anything. So I know I have full schedule and the company calls me and says, and says, we have this project interesting. Like, yeah. Can you deliver in, in a week? Of course. So, uh, wow. Yeah, this, this, and, and I thought I'm doing this for my kids and for my family. And, and my wife used to tell me all the time, slow down. We're going to lose you this way. You can't go on like that. We need to see you. We don't care if you bring us a lot of money or whatever. We just need enough to, to survive and we need you by our, by our side. And I used to tell her, you don't know what you're talking about. I know because I lived in bad situations. So, uh, so you thought because of the way that you were growing up, right. And you, and the number one thing was you wanted to give your kids stability. You wanted to give them a life that you felt that they could be comfortable with. And in the beginning it was surrounded by money. 
And so everything, if there was a big enough check there, you were saying yes to it, but you were forgetting that your most prized possession was you and the time that you were going to be able to spend with people. So at this time, as you were growing up, you didn't, would you say that like you didn't really have outside of your wife, you didn't have a mentor, you didn't have anybody that says, hey, look at the path that you're going down. Was everybody just kind of head down and allowing you to do it? Uh, that's an amazing question because I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. First, it was for my kids and family, but after a while, it's not anymore. And this is this is what happens to 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 every businessman. We just enjoy the spotlight. We enjoy the the fame and everything, and it starts being becoming just satisfying a certain ego. You just love being invited to those to those parties. Uh, you just love being recognized by 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 everyone and seeing bigger checks and bigger checks and, 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 and you always put it behind our, I'm doing this for my family and for my kids. And yeah, it starts with this, but gets somewhere else where, whereby it's only you doing it for yourself. And I think I'm, I'm being honest. And I think this is what happened with me. And I was stubborn because I mean, some of my friends and my wife used to tell me, don't do this and stop and slow down all of these. And I never listened. Uh, I didn't have really a mentor growing up. No, uh, I was, I was the type of person of living by myself, doing everything by myself and, and, uh, pushing myself more and more and more. Uh, I would help everyone. Uh, maybe I was a mentor to a lot of people, but I never thought that I need to take a mentor. I thought that I don't have time for that now. And I know what I want. I always had like a target in front of my eyes and I kept going and going and going and going. Mm. So, wow. Uh, yeah, no. It's, yeah. So I appreciate you explaining that backstory. So then talk to me about what exactly were you diagnosed with? You said, hey, surgery's on the table. Maybe there's a 50-50 chance. What, what did they diagnose you with? So I had inflammation of internal inflammation of my organs. My spleen stopped working completely. So uh, what happened is my blood was poisoned because, you know, the spleen's like the cemetery of, of, of the uh, red cells, so if I remember well what, what the doctor explained to me. And my blood was getting poisoned and it was fighting each other and my organs stopped working so I couldn't digest anything anymore I was just vomiting everything that I would eat uh, every time I, I would just faint become all yellow and faint and pass out and then I need to eat 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 just to regain my strength and after this I would just let everything out again uh, I became almost 370 or 380 pounds uh, yeah close to a semi <laughs> so I was I was huge and so how, are you, how are you gaining weight if you were throwing everything up? Because I don't know, but my body wasn't able to digest the vitamins. It was just taking the fat. Ah. The when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sugar just to carry on. Plus, I was feeding it all the Snickers and Mars and, and, and burgers and fries and everything. Just anything quick. Give me anything quick. I have meeting. I have a pitch. Give me anything. I just want, want to run. And then I would just start binging on wherever I find. Wow. And uh, I, was, I was having my health on pause. I was snoozing my health. I was like, yeah, I'm strong. I'm strong. I've always been strong. I mean, bombs didn't kill me. I'm, I ran from shelter to shelter and stuff. And I'm, I'm not going to die of, the, of this. It's okay. And I kept snoozing my health. And, and wow. I reached a place where, whereby I, I thought I was, I was just, uh, you know. Yeah. It was, it was tough. Hey, Dream Builder, if you are anything like me, you know the importance of setting goals and achieving those goals. And anytime you find something interferes with that, ultimately it interferes with your happiness. And if that's you or if you're in a rut right now, I want to encourage you to check out BetterHelp.com. Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling that's done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses back. Plus, you can schedule weekly, video, or even phone sessions, all without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Regardless if you're dealing with depression, grief, anxiety, or anything along those lines, there's a licensed professional just waiting on the other side to help you. And of course, I want to help you as well. I want you to start living a happier life today. And because you're a part of the Dream Nation tribe and as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com forward slash Dream Nation. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash Dream Nation. And you can join over 1 million people who have taken the charge of bettering their mental health. Now let's get back to it. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that that's word to the wise for anybody out there, because a lot of us, we do lose sight of the overall goal is for us. We only have one temple, right? And that temple is our body. But we, we think of these material things or just like you said, the, even the recognition, the recognition is what we're searching for. We want to feel like we're valuable. And the only way we could truly feel valuable is if we're validating somebody else that's telling us that we're valuable. We're like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. and then we lose sight of, of of our kids and it's not until at we're at the very very end of this thing to where somebody says hey you know what you only got you know five months to live or a couple weeks to live and then you have to figure out okay how am I going to change everything and give myself the best shot so for you walk us through at that point you said hey I'm not going to give up what were your solutions then what did they do for you um I mean the only thing I thought of that day I remember it very well I can never forget it is I grew up as a believer. I grew up going to church and praying and everything. And and I lost this when I started working because I didn't have time anymore. But but you know what happens? We only remember God when when we need Him. Mm. And thank thank God that He's He's better than that. He doesn't judge us by that. So what I did is I looked up and I said, God, give me another chance. I I, I want to just make everything good. I want to change. I'm gonna change everything. I promise you. And. 
I remember at this moment, I used to practice martial arts when I was a little boy. And I remember my, my instructor saying something. He used to always tell me, if you fall six times, stand up seven. And I always thought, why six and seven? It didn't make sense to me. And then I understood it doesn't matter how many times you fall as long as you stand up. And I thought, I'm going to stand up. And honestly, at this moment, I didn't have anything to lose. He said five months. I said, do the surgery. He said, if I do the surgery, you might not wake up. Or you might wake up and live for five days. Or or maybe you could live. And I said, do it. I'm going to sign whatever you want me to sign. Do it. And I didn't tell anyone. I just called my lawyer. I just did my will. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my, my family. my No one. I was alone in the hospital. Because I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed of what I did and where I am. I was, where did your wife think I, you were? I, uh, meeting and stuff. And she knew that I was going to the doctor for a routine checkup and, but she didn't know that it's, it's that serious. Yeah. And wow. I, I knew deep inside that I got myself into this and I kept hiding behind the fact that I want to do this for my kids, for my family. And I was doing it for myself. I mean, I, I knew, I knew this and, and, uh, it's, it's like, the matrix when Neo sees everything with the codes and everything, I started seeing it. I was like, please God, I see everything. Just give me a chance. And if I don't do it, just do whatever you want, <laughs> you know? Right. So yeah, I, I, I took the surgery and, uh, it took me, it took me like a good year to recover. So, uh, for like almost 10 months, I couldn't eat anything. I was living on IV and, 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 and just, uh, some liquids and I couldn't eat anything because they, they readjusted everything. They removed everything from inside of me. And, and, and I was ashamed, honestly. Plus I didn't like the fact that I was away from the spotlight. I was still checking my social media and everything and seeing my friends and my partners and my company and stuff still doing the same thing and um, I'm sitting in my room alone. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. And I felt bad. I felt bad and I was dragged down. It was, it was, it was a dark year for me. I, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to see anyone. I was, and I kept saying, why did I do the, the, the surgery? And, you know, after this, this year, everything became clear to me and I knew because I said, I want to change everything and I did change everything. I did let go of my old lifestyle. I did let go of my company and almost, uh, anyways, I lost most of, my, most of my money with the surgery and recovery and everything. So the whole money I made didn't serve me well because I ended up paying it for my health. Wow. And I knew then that, okay, what, what's my strength? What do I do well? And it's, it's coaching people because I know since school time, maybe until now, until work and, and, and people still call me and still ask me for stuff. And I know that I can lead people. I can coach people and I'm a mentor for so many people, but I can, I couldn't do it for myself. Hmm. So this is what I started doing. So how did you talk to me about how did you then start to give yourself the grace that you were good enough to teach other people when you kind of considered yourself a failure in that moment because you let your your health slip away so far? 
Like, how were you able to mentally coach yourself that you could help other people? That's a very good question. And thank you for asking this because most of the time, and I do this with my clients currently, most of the time we forget to celebrate ourselves. We forget that we do so many good things, so many good things, but we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and it's, it's like what I was telling my, my, my client the other day, I was telling her, if you're driving to your destination and you do one wrong turn, you start beating yourself up and, 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 and feeling bad about yourself, but you forget that you did 15 right turns right. and you never, you never tell yourself, good job. You just stop at the bad thing that you, so this is what I did. I stopped there and I said, okay, right and wrong. Let's put this on the balance. Let's, let's, let's wait. What I did right. I help so many people. I help so many companies. Um, I, I, I studied, I have lots of degrees. I have three bachelor degrees, two masters and PhD. I, I, I did so many things and these are all good. Now what I did wrong is the way. And I was lost in the own ego and stuff. Because again, I wanna go back to the, to the fact that our childhood determines what, what we are today. It's like childhood programming. It programs us. And the way I grew up without anyone telling me good job, I grew up being always, I don't know, afraid of my life and running. And, and once I started working and seeing fame and seeing everything, I was happy. I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm, I'm, I started enjoying it. Right. This is why I keep telling everyone, don't go hard on your kids. Kids, they make mistakes. They're supposed to make mistakes because this is how they learn. Don't tell them you did wrong. Tell them you did right here and you can fix this and make it better here. Because this, this is childhood programming. It will determine everything later on. Hmm. So I started evaluating myself. I started thinking, What's the best thing I could do? I don't want to go back away from my family. I want to stay here and stuff. But I never worked in the States. I always worked in the Middle East with American companies that's over there because of my background and languages and culture and everything. And it occurred to me that I can be, I want to, be, I mean, I was a consultant and I can keep on being a consultant, but also I want to be a coach. And coming from my personal experience, I want to help uh, entrepreneurs, uh, business people restore balance to their lives without compromising anything. Because the first thing that any businessman will tell you, and I know this because this is what, what I used to say, I don't have time for my health. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to eat salad. That's, that's, that's a very stupid example. Right. Like you want salad? I don't have time for a salad. Just get me, get me a sandwich. No, you have time. And I can help you to restore balance to your life without, without compromises. I'm not saying don't be successful. I'm saying just build this balance because most of the time we see this, we see very successful businessmen with a lousy personal life at, at, at home or maybe health. And no, we don't have to do this. We don't have to ace something and be bad at something else. We can just calibrate it. We can, we can restore balance. And I was like, I want to do this. And then I got, I, I went back to school and I got another uh, certification and coaching and started studying and started reading and doing everything before I just go work with people. Because the difference this time is I was a consultant. I used to work with, 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 with brands and products and 
And if you make a mistake introducing a brand or anything, you can still fix it with a PR campaign or, or anything. But with people, you cannot make a mistake. We're talking about people here, not brand or products or, or services. So I need to be ready. So I took my time, went back to school, got certified and developed my own uh, methodology, tested it, put it to test uh, and start approaching my friends first and then their friends and then everyone and mm. i can see I'm, I'm much happier now my bank account is smaller uh, i don't get as much money my house is smaller my car is simple but i'm happier because i'm here with my family with my kids with my pets with everyone and it's it's it feels right it's it's, it's there's balance you know yeah we, we need this there's so much that I want to break into in that. And I appreciate you sharing that. Please. Um, especially the transparency. The first thing is, in your definition, being that you've been successful at both of them, what is the difference between a coach and a consultant to you? Uh, as consultant, I used to work with brands and products and services. As a coach, I'm working with people. Got it. And this is like the major difference. Well, I would. This is- I think for somebody who's listening at this right now, though, um, is I think that both really work with people. Everything's a people business. Even that brand of Coca Cola, Pepsi, whoever. There's still people behind who make the decisions on it. So both are, are really a people business. But I guess what describes if I say I'm a coach or if I say I'm a consultant, mm-hmm. is there a difference in the way that you operate uh, your business or the way? The I way mean, you if, if you put it this way. I mean, if you put it this way, there's there's really no difference other than what I said, it's working with people or with a brand. For me, there's a big difference, honestly, because uh, with brands, sometimes you venture into trying new stuff, you venture into stuff, uh, you, you take some chances and you always have a plan B when you're a consultant. You always have an exit plan and a plan B. When you work on something, you have three plans always as as businessman you have your mainstream plan a you have your plan b if something goes wrong and you have your exit plan that if something really goes bad you have to go to pr or whatever and it happened with me a lot it happened with me a lot and and we lost some market share for a lot of brands and products and then we'll we'll be we're able to do it again but with people it's different you cannot just uh, work with someone and give them the wrong uh advices and and say let's try let me try if this will work and then it will not work and then try to fix it you, you can do this i mean with people it's, it's totally different it's it's very sensitive it's very uh fragile it's 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 way different the, the methodology is different you, you know with people it goes more on feelings on behavior on habits on lifestyle with as as a coach whereby as a consultant you go more on surveys, uh, uh, facts, numbers, bottom line, data, all of these things. So the it's 80, 20 here, here it's 20, 80. So it's, it's, but they meet somewhere. Definitely. Definitely. They meet somewhere. 
Got it. Yeah, no, I, and I definitely hear that. I'll, I'm always just interested to see um, some of the ways that I've, I've kind of learned it is uh, a consultant is more of a person who tells you the strategies. They kind of tell you from their experience what you should be doing, whereas more of a coach is a person who um, asks you questions so then you figure out what it is on your own um, rather than them just telling you what the answer might be. So I'm always interested to hear that. I've heard it in a, def- a, a, com- a number of different ways. So it's just, like I said, I know that you have been a high level consultant. Uh, so I was just wondering your perspective on it. Let me let me ask though, why in, in terms when you say, hey, you know what, I learned a new way now. I learned a new strategy. I believe that there's balance. There's two things that I want to ask in this. And I normally don't ask like double questions like this. I've learned not to. But I think that this will this will work. Number one, do you really believe that there's a such thing as balance? Right. That's the first question. And the second question is, why did you not choose knowing that you were a lot smarter now with the way that you wanted to run your life and and you were able to adapt it and say, hey, God, I'm going to do things differently. Why did you not go back to the consulting world, but choose to do it in a different form? Right. By not saying yes to all of these. But maybe you had some high level clients that did value you. So you just saying, hey, I'll still consult you guys, but you got to understand that now there's barriers here of what I will or will not say yes to. That, you're right. There is no absolute balance. And the way I work with my clients, it's, it's, it's a bit different than a normal coach. And you said something very interesting a while ago, like a coach asks questions. I don't ask just questions because I don't believe that by asking questions, you're helping your, 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 uh, your client. Uh, the way my methodology that I, I, I did is I ask questions and I present probabilities based on many examples and based on um, many uh, scenarios that could happen. So give us an and example. For example, if someone is going through a hard time, uh, that's a recent example. I can't say names or all details, but someone was going through a hard time and she didn't know what to do. And I started asking the, the right questions just for her to discover what she wants. But then if you leave her there, it's like telling her it's not my responsibility you take the decision because i'll be honest with you and i'm always honest and this this bothers people sometimes but okay honestly most of the time uh, coaches are afraid that they will say something to their client and the client will it will not work for them and then it's about them and reputation. So it's always, okay, I need to be politically correct. I need to be right. I need to be safe. No, it's not about me. It's about my client. I'm not going to be safe or anything about me, but I'm going to be safe about my client. So this is why, okay, after asking the right questions for them to know exactly where they stand, I give them the scenarios. I say, you can do one, two, three. If you do one, you will reach here. Now, if you reach here, now I want you because I give them homework and they don't like it and I'm, I'm, I'm pain in their butts. They, I keep sending them emails and stuff and saying, we're not going to do the next session unless you do your homework because I'm doing mine, you do yours. And if you reach this scenario, now I want you to write what, where do you see yourself and what, what are you doing? 
And if you do this one, you reach this scenario and this one reaches this scenario. So now I'm clarifying the picture for you. Now for, for each scenario, there's a discrepancy of maybe five to 10% because you cannot just predict what will happen, but you can see what will happen and you can just put the main, the big, the big uh, bullet points there without going into deep, deep, deep details. So this is what, what I usually do with my clients. I, I took the coach approach and the consultant approach and I mix both. I'm using a rational methodology and an emotional one and I mix both based on my knowledge uh, of, of, of my client and with what will happen and the scenarios. And we start brainstorming and a lot of time, a lot of times the client will come up with their own scenario because they know their and this is the real purpose. They know their situation and they're hiding behind what could happen and they don't want to say it. And when you start like prompting these things, the client will start, yeah, what if this happens? Yeah, now we're getting somewhere. Mm. What if this happens? You tell me. Because I want to go there. You know, once I, I had a client, I still have, she, she's an amazing lady and she, she's a business lady and everything. And I coach her on business stuff only. And one day she calls me and this was maybe two years ago when COVID started. And she called me and she go like, hey, Matt, can you, can you talk? I know it's not our session, but we need to talk. I was like, yeah, sure. She said, can you help me lose weight? I want to lose weight. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Usually we talk business negotiation, uh, closing the deals and stuff. We don't, we don't talk like personal with you. She's like a high level executive and she wants only the business stuff. And I started asking all kinds of questions and all kinds of questions. And I really bothered her and got to her and she hung up on me a couple of times. And then she called again, apologizing. And I kept saying, why? Okay, if you do this, you reach there, but you're not gonna. And, and I kept throwing these and at the end she shouted and she said, I want my husband to see me again. He's not looking at me. Like, this is the real uh, reason. You don't want to lose weight because you miss your old genes, just like you said, or because you, mo you miss being in your 30s and now in, in, you're in your 50s. No, because you're afraid that you, your husband's looking at someone else. And we cannot solve this by losing weight. So if I'm a genuine coach and I'm gonna just give you any, any weight reduction or, or, or diet or, or, or whatever program, I'm not solving anything for you. I'm just solving it temporarily for like a month or two. Then you're going to come back with another problem and I'm going to keep snoozing you and, and, and telling you, yeah, you need this and this and that and this. And, and this is wrong. Because this is what happens usually. It starts becoming a little bit sales oriented, you know? And I don't want it to be sales oriented because I'm not working on short run. I'm working on long run. Mm. So what I need to do is I need to solve your problem because if I solve it, even if you leave and if you're not my client again, but you're going to give me a good referral. And that's what she did. She's not my client again. She, and now she came back after two years and she gave me referrals. So it's all about... Asking the right question, yes, but uh, a coach is not a psychologist or anything. It, they, we shouldn't just listen to our uh, client and tell them it's okay, it's going to be okay. What, uh, what do you think about this? How do you feel now? No, it's not that. I'm not here to make you feel good. I don't care if you bother. I don't care if you shout, if you cry, if you hang up on me, because I need to help you see something and change I need to help you reach your objective, just like a consultant reaches your business objective. Here, I'm helping you reach your own personal objective that we put together from the first day when we start. I ask them to write their own vision. 
and we break down this vision and we make out of this vision next steps and we break it down and we put action steps and we break it down and then we identify the low hanging fruits and we start working on that. It's, it's a big process. It's a long process. Hey, Dream Builder, are your home and auto policies almost up for renewal? If so, and you're looking for a lower rate, I believe I have a solution for you. And it's called Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto rates in one place. They can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. And the best part is they've saved customers on average $1,250 per year over what they're already paying for home and auto insurance. Getting started is super easy. First, just head on over to policygenius.com and answer a few questions about yourself and your property, and then Policy Genius takes it from there. They'll compare rates from America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate to find you the lowest quote. So head on over to policygenius.com to get started right now. Again, that's policygenius.com, and you can find out when it comes to insurance how they help you get it right. Now let's go ahead and hop back into it. I love it. I love it. No, and I appreciate you breaking that down um, to us and to anybody that's, you know, even thinking about hiring a coach or maybe they're even thinking about becoming a coach or a consultant. So what are the methodologies that they should be either looking out for or maybe trying to implement into their business to be able to get those results? So I definitely appreciate you sharing that. Um, let me ask, out of all the success that you've had, um, and, and I think I know where you'll go with this, but maybe you might uh, you know, give us a different answer. Out of all the success that you had, um, a lot of the times I ask people if uh, you could go back and you could change anything, would you? And a lot of people say, I wouldn't go back and change anything because it's made me who I am today. And I kind of always, you know, I, I pull a little bit of BS on that because I think we would all go back and change something if we could. But I've learned mm-hmm. to phrase this mm-hmm. in a different way. And I say, if there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to accelerate your path on your journey and your dream of where you are today, what would that one thing be? I, I think I would have changed a lot of things. And uh, you asked me a question earlier on. Let me just, before I answer this, let me answer your question because I think it's very important. You said, why did you become a coach and not just a, like, like kept on being consultant? And it's, I'll, I'll tell you honestly why, because I never worked here in the States. Uh, and I, I didn't want to just go apply for a job as a consultant and be rejected. And it, it, it bothered me and I was insecure for a lot of time. And I was like, okay, I know if I approach PNG or Lever or any big company in the Middle East and, and, and give them my profile as American slash Lebanese who speaks more than three or four languages and knows cultures and stuff, they would love to have me over there. But here, I don't know. I mean, I, I still use my GPS to, to, to go to, to the supermarket to get my wife some stuff. So, uh, that's why I, I decided to become a coach because by being a coach, first of all, I'm serving myself. Um, I'm making myself more comfortable and I'm just applying the theory that says make stronger what's already strong. I'm already strong in coaching and, and, and maybe business in terms of consultancy, but this is why I went back to school and started coaching. I was like, okay, I know exactly how to run a business. I know exactly how to do everything in a business, but if I'm standing or sitting in front of a person of, of someone, I don't know how to act there because I'm, I'm not a person. I'm, I'm not a people's guy. You know, I mean, 
my wife is, she is the social one. Everyone knows her here in the neighborhood and stuff. Me, no one knows me because I, I don't say hi to anyone. And, and I'm, I'm the kind of guy who's, now I'm different, but I mean, before I, I was the kind of guy who's always focused on, on my results and work and thinking, even when I'm driving, I'm thinking of my work and results. And, and I always have my recorder saying stuff when I get home, when I get to my office, I give it to my assistant, just type it. And so I became a coach because I thought I would do good in this and I don't want to venture in something else. Uh, Especially I was in my forties and it's a bit too late to, to, to do something else. I thought, so that's the, the, the honest answer. And currently I'm doing both. Honestly, uh, sometimes I'm working as a coach with someone and their businessman. And then when we start talking, they go like, uh, you speak a lot of business stuff and you start talking business and many people hired me for their companies as, as consultant, a company consultant, and we're still working on personal level. So it was like a transition for me and I loved it. And I, I don't want to leave, I don't, don't want to let, let it go because it gives me some sort of satisfaction and it lets me uh, do my thing that I promised I would do when, when, when this thing happened to me that I want to change the life of people. I want to help change stuff. I want to help people and I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. So that's, that's the answer to, to, to the previous question. Yeah. That's a great answer. And then what's that one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner? Oh, a lot of things. I don't know. Uh, how far can I go? <laughs> I would have, I would have came here when I was still in college. I mean, I, I started college here in the States and then I left. I would have stayed here and never left. So people told you that you should Maybe. stay, but you didn't, you went back and then that's where you started to build out your career. So going back, if you could have done one thing, you would have maybe listened. And, and even though it was a little bit of fear in there and staying here, you went back to where it was comfortable, but you wish that you would have stepped out of your comfort zone earlier on because then maybe you would have built it a different way. Is that right? My problem was different. My problem was I, I, I used to put myself always out of my comfort zone and this was my, my, my mistake. And one of my, uh, ways that I work with my clients today, I don't let them step out of their comfort zone because I do not believe in this. I don't believe in stepping out of your comfort zone. I believe in moving and dragging your comfort zone with you because your comfort zone is your house, is your home, is your habits, is your lifestyle, is, is a lot of things that you worked a lot to, to get here. And you don't want to just leave this and go out. You want to drag this with you and try something new to always be comfortable. But what I did, and this comes from my own experience, uh, and I don't know, maybe I had some sort of, of, of problem or, or something that no one really tapped on it or, or, or fixed me. But uh, I used to always step off my comfort zone and I used to always pressure myself. And I used to always go to my HR when I used to, to work in companies before I went on my own and tell the HR, okay, what is the one thing that you have that no one is taking? And she was, she was, she was amazing. And she, she used to look at me and she was like, don't you have enough? Like, no, give me more, make me uncomfortable. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, com I'm comfortable. I don't want to be comfortable. I want to be unhappy. And I used to punish myself by doing this. 
So maybe this is the one thing I, I would change. Maybe I wouldn't punish myself because it's, it's not my mistake. I was born in, in, in country of war. It's not my mistake. Everything happened. It's not a mistake. Whatever happened. And I saw a lot of people die in front of me and gave me this, this trauma that I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But definitely I would change this. I would, I would just let myself be comfortable in whatever I was doing. And I mean, if, if I was happy partying somewhere, I would leave, <laughs> you know, right. uh, I, I, I was, I was weird. And, and I, I know that by doing this, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I reach where I am today, but it was too risky. It was too risky and maybe I shouldn't have done it, but I'm fixing it. Yeah. You're fixing it. And I want to say this has been a phenomenal conversation. And if no one else has told you today, I want to be the first one to say thank you. And I appreciate you coming to share your journey, your wisdom, and your uh, story with all of us. Uh, we'll make sure that we put the links in the show notes. Uh, but for anybody who wants to stay directly connected with you, tell us, where can they find you at? The best, it's, it's my website. It's matthewcorbin.com. It's just my first name, my last name.com. And on my website, I have everything, my social media links, my calendar for the one I book a free clarity session and everything is there. Absolutely. Well, again, yeah. I want to say thank you for coming to share your time with us. Um, just as he said, Dream Nation, I mean, you got to take action on something. You have to allow yourself to be more comfortable. Um, you have to allow yourself to live in whatever your greatest strength is and build off of that. But you more, most importantly, you have to take action because if not, that dream that you have and we all have a dream, it'll only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. True. We'll catch you at the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.